Go after the big, scary ideas that sound absurd. If they make you feel a little uncomfortable, maybe that's the one you go for. What's going on, everybody? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to a brand new season of Hurdle, season 16. This is insanity. Hurdle's a wellness-focused podcast where I talk to inspirational people about everything from their highest highs and toughest moments to essential tips on how to live a healthier happier, more motivated life. We all go through our fair share of hurdles. My goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride towards your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. I hope you loved that little remix on the intro that you have come to know and love. Listen, because I have been. I have been hearing you out on all the things that you want from Hurdle. And I am here to tell you that in season 16, as we move forward, I am here to give you more. More content, more videos, more interaction, more effort, more sponsors. (laughs) Listen, the best way for us, you and me, me and the Hurdlers, to make this work is that we make it reciprocal. So, If you like the rebrand, which is launching today, and I really hope you do because so much love and work has gone into this. Thank you so much to the team. You know who you are. Share it with a friend. Post about it on social. And if you want to hear about a certain person or a certain topic on the show going forward, email us over at hello at hurdle.us. This year, it's no exception. We are starting things off with a crowd favorite, the Turning the Page series. That's right. Season 16 kicking off with our most listened to episode series of the year. For Turning the Page, to those who may not remember or those that are new hurdlers, welcome. Happy to have you. I sit back down with some of your favorite guests to chat about the lessons they're bringing with them from the past 365, as well as their feedback on what worked, what didn't work, what they're excited about for the year to come, and other important lessons that have helped them shape, reframe, adjust their perspective, and come out on top despite whatever hurdles they've experienced. To kick things off, I am sitting down with the one and only Courtney DeWalter. She had an epic 2023 when she became the first ever endurance athlete to win Western States 100, Hard Rock 100, and Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. Three iconic, that is an understatement, 100 mile races in the same year. I am so excited for this series. I am so excited for this relaunch of Hurdle for season 16. To all of you, thank you so, so much. This feels like I can't say this enough for keeping up with me, for making past six years of content creation truly fly by. Now, ways to support. If you're not yet subscribed to the weekly Hurdle newsletter, do that. The link's in the show notes. If you are not yet following Hurdle Podcast on Instagram at Hurdle Podcast, do that. I'm over at Emily Abadi. I'd love to see you there. And we're also about to get really active in the Secret Hurdlers Facebook group. So links to all of these things are in the show notes. Show your support for the show and let's get this all started. With that, let's get to hurdling. Hurdling. 
today, I am sitting down with the one, the only Courtney DeWalter. How are we doing today, Courtney? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. I These episodes honestly make me so happy because I feel like I'm catching up with an old friend. <laughs> so I'm so excited to sit back down with you. Yeah. Let's just catch up and chat. Yeah. So like what's going on in your life right now? <laughs> Not much. It's um, I live in Leadville, Colorado, which is very much in the mountains. So we are in winter now. Like it's snowy everywhere. The roads are covered. The trails are covered. It feels like a beautiful winter wonderland. A beautiful winter wonderland. And not much going on because you've done absolutely nothing this year. So you deserve to continue to do nothing, right? <laughs> I have definitely enjoyed some off time and this down season for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about how your body's feeling now that you've had some more time to recover from a serious effort of a 2023. My body and my brain both feel fantastic again, but immediately after um, my last race at the start of September, I was a wreck for like a few weeks. I melted into the couch. I didn't move very much at all. And then even after that, it took some time to, to feel normal again and to feel like the same uh, pep in my step, both in my legs and in my brain to get back out there. Yeah, that's totally understandable. As someone who has done nothing of the sort of what you've done, but can relate to a buildup to a really big moment, it is commonplace to have that post large, exciting thing downbeat. And for you to have so many back to back big moments, and then finally, physically and mentally sit still. Talk to me about how that really felt for you. It almost felt like um, I crossed the finish line of UTMB. And it was like the balloon could deflate finally, like it had been like, holding on for me for, you know, getting through all of these races, getting through the summer, continuing to train and race. It kept holding on, which I'm so thankful for. But then when I crossed that last finish line, it's like all of it could release. And I honestly deflated for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, so understandable in that deflate. It sounds like it was a relief, but also after a little while, did any of those post-race blues set in for you? I didn't really get the post-race blues, and I don't often. I think because we're very eyes-forward people, we, like, the thing happened, you know, we'll celebrate whatever way it went, just, like, trying it out and either getting to a finish line or not. Um, but then we really quickly start looking towards the next thing, usually. Mm. And so... Um, my fall was definitely not like, you know, reliving or missing the summer months. It was for sure looking forward to like, okay, what can we take from this? What should we try? What's interesting? And then what adventures can we just do in the here and now that are fun, like off-season things? Yeah, this is a great perspective and super useful for someone who wants to be this kind of person, what advice do you have for them? I'll explain this, I, I guess, but I think that it's just running. 
So like, however it went, you know, it was just one race, whether it went well or not well. Um, and it doesn't define who we are. We get to, you know, shape our lives and our adventures however we want. And so um, in order to do that, we should definitely like learn from what's happened, but mostly be like plotting and scheming for how we're going to get to the next thing. Yeah, that forward thinking mindset is really valuable. And both sides of the coin, I can sympathize with, right? Because even though it's just in this case running, it's like so much effort and time goes into this one moment that it's natural when it's all done, at least for this moment in time to be like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah, totally. And being proud of, you know, that time and that effort is huge and, and celebrating it regardless of results, you know, you still put in the time, you still put in the effort, you still cared about this thing deeply. So I'm not saying like, we shouldn't celebrate the things that happen, but I don't think we need to like, stay in them. Yeah, we, we can keep walking forward with that now, as part of our character of our experiences of ourselves. Yeah, like the past informs who you are and helps you to move forward rather than defines you because that perspective then in turn, if maybe something didn't go how you had hoped, you then have the opportunity to learn from it. But that doesn't mean that you quote unquote failed or whatever the case may be. Exactly. For sure. So we're here today. Not only we're here today to do a little bit of reflection. Like I said, big year for you, Court. So happy that we're able to recap together. If you had to choose a theme for this year, what would yours be? My theme for 2023 was definitely chase your crazy. Go after the big, scary ideas that sound absurd. If they make you feel a little uncomfortable, maybe that's the one you go for. <laughs> Did you ever, even let's say a year, two year, three years ago, think that a year like 2023 would be in the cards for you? No, no. I'm, I'm so thankful for my body. I'm so thankful that, you know, all of the race entries and I got to the start lines of all of them and also still love the training for all of it. None of that I take for granted. Um, every single day I, I thank my feet, whether that's in my head or out loud, but feeling a lot of gratitude. Audibly talking to the big toe. I get it. Sometimes yeah. I have to do that too. It's fine. <laughs> you know, with that gratitude for chasing your crazy, I'm sure that there are people that have an opinion on your crazy. How do you navigate that unsolicited feedback? Um, I mean, people, everyone is allowed to have opinions. I have no problems with that. It's what you value as a person, like, and what people you surround yourself with. And then, you know, what messaging you tell yourself or you hear in, you know, those moments where you need to hear when you need to hear it, I guess. 
I think it's important who we surround ourselves with. Oh my God, please. And for you, such an epic opportunity this year to surround yourself with your family for the first time out in Chamonix. How was that for you to be able to pull your family into the mix to combine your personal with your professional? The best. I mean, those. that's what I do all of this for is to make the memories with the people along the way so that you know, in 80 years, we're sitting on rocking chairs, like cheersing the memories that we made and those moments shared. Um, it was r- really cool. My parents have crewed me at some races, but had never been to Chamonix, which is like a whole scene. It's a huge gathering of trail running, mountain running, like endurance fanatics. Um, so it's super cool. And then I have two brothers and one of my brothers and his wife were able to make a very last minute trip because I hadn't decided on UTMB until uh, early August, basically. So they all shifted their lives around to just be part of it and come out and uh, make memories together. What was the tipping point for you to make that decision? I um, finished Hard Rock in mid-July and I was really, really, really tired. And that race, like I felt destroyed during it. But about two weeks after Hard Rock, I went out for just a little 45-minute shakeout jog. And on that shakeout jog, I didn't feel like complete trash. I only felt like sort of garbage, like (laughs) bad still. I didn't feel fresh, but I was like, man, if I feel already like okay and there's still time, one more hundred in the summer would be like the perfect amount of crazy. So it felt like I should just go for it then and see what happens. And uh, I had, you know, no idea what that would look like but I was all in on just trying to see. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting here giggling because I went on one 45 minute run where I didn't feel like absolute garbage. And I thought to myself, I should go run hundred miles. Like that's exactly <laughs> how your brain works. And I love that kind of quote unquote crazy for you because the testament to the types of challenges that you like to go after on the heels of that. I'm going to ask you, what was your proudest moment of the year? Um, It could probably be like in all my races, I don't know that I fell very many times. That feels (laughs) like a big accomplishment. (laughs) I often fall. I usually like am battered and bruised after a long race just from uh, fighting with the rocks along the course. But um Yeah, this year I stayed on my feet more often than not. I think also just being all in on this challenge this summer for the fun of it. Like my mentality was 100% finish the races was the goal. Have some fun with this and just see what's possible because we don't know. I don't know, you know, and I think um, I feel proud of like that mindset all summer. It kept me like healthy and feeling fresh and energized about the challenge ahead because it was just a super fun experiment for myself, basically. What else is fun for you besides trail running? (laughs) 
Just like in life, you mean? Yeah, I mean, just in life. Like, I'm curious to see like how wide this definition goes for Courtney DeWalter. Yeah, you're right. Because the pain cave is very like, different. That's like a whole different type of fun. Yeah. Very different than yard games with a beer in hand or. Oh, we love a yard game. Are you a ladder golf yard game girly or are you like a, a cornhole yard game girl? I love cornhole, but we call it bags. Bags. Is this like a East Coast versus not East Coast thing? Bags might be a Minnesota thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess we just want to pronounce our A's very. <laughs> bags. <laughs> very Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, really any yard game, though, I can get into because it means you're outside you're hanging out with friends and family. You're all there just relaxing and enjoying. And um, I love that. That's yeah. my favorite. Okay. Yard games and the pain cave are the top of your fun list. Cool. Same, same, right? Same, same. Totally. Same amount of effort, same amount of determination. I totally, totally understand. We talked about your proudest moment, staying on your feet, an admirable feat for sure. When we think about the inverse and think about your most difficult moment of 2023, what comes to mind? Oh, gosh, I spent so many hours in the pain cave, more than I ever have going farther back in that cave than ever before. Um, so in the moment, those were both fun in their own way, but also really, really difficult. Like the last 40 miles of UTMB, I could barely lift my feet off the ground anymore because my legs were so tired. And uh and that's a lot of miles left to just live step by step, trying to, you know, keep moving forward. I remember I was at uh, in the finish area at UTMB in Chamonix and we were watching these big TVs and they have like the Courtney cam, right? And there's just this, those impeccable camera people that are running on the mountains and following you. It truly blows my mind, the athleticism that is required to do something like that. But it's so funny in the moment because all of these people are running with you like spectators upon spectators upon spectators are just trying to keep up with you as you're like making your way through the woods and your face is a combination of I'm so grateful you're here but also please leave me alone <laughs> So there's two things I want to double click on. One, how does it feel in those moments to have all of these people around you? Because you're in the middle of doing a really hard thing. For sure. Grateful for them. I get a lot of energy from environments and try to give it back as well. Um, so the fans out on courses, you know, any race that I've done are huge boosts of energy and just positive motivation forward momentum, like all of that I get from people being out there. Um, and at the same time, I was so spent in that race that I could barely like blink or look sideways, you know, like I was just like surviving to get to that finish line. And yeah. so I couldn't like engage or smile <laughs> as much or, um, you know, it was like a definite 
survival mission. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, I get up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm like, oh, one person wants to talk to me within 20 minutes. I don't have this energy, this bandwidth. I can be kind to you, but I might not be the friendliest Emily that you want to hang out with. So to be 60 miles into a task like this with 40 left on deck and have all of those people surrounding you, yeah, I would imagine that could be a little bit conflicting. Now, you talked about the fact that 40 miles left in a race is not a small distance. What keeps you going when you're in the depths of the pain cave? What's your why? Uh, My why is curiosity and wondering what's possible. And my visual for that is this pain cave. So even though you know, it's not ideal to enter the pain cave with 40 miles left and be as destroyed as I felt. It feels productive because there I am in the darkest corners where I've never been before and I'm getting to make myself better for the next time. So that's what I try to keep in mind is like, what's possible and do the work now so that you can be better for your future self. I love that sentiment and that reframe from this is really hard. I don't know if I can to I know that I can and I'll be able to utilize every bit of this experience in my future. For you personally, in the execution of that, are you like a break it up into little doables and like accomplish small bits at a time to get through the hard stuff? Are you a big self-talk person? Bring me into your headspace during this time, the pain cave. Both of those things. So um, for sure, I'm staying right where my feet are, right in the moment, uh, just chewing on the amount I can actually process. And when it gets hard, that's the next step. Like it's not even the next mile. It's not the next aid station. It's one more step. Let's just do that as best we can right now. Um, So breaking it into those digestible pieces. And then um, I do a ton of self-talk and mantras. And sometimes it's just in my head, but sometimes it's out loud. I think what we say to ourselves is important, really, really important. Um, And so trying to keep my mindset as positive and productive as possible in the toughest moments is a key part for me. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to the two sponsors who make this five-day series possible. First up, a hurdler favorite, Hyper Ice. If you follow me on social, you know I cannot get enough of the suite of Hyper Ice products that I have in my apartment. From my go-to Hypervolt, included the heated attachment to my Normatec boots, I am obsessed. Kickstart your New Year's resolutions with next-level warm-up and recovery technology, including my go-tos, the Hypervolt Percussion Massage, Normatec Air Compression Technology, and Venom Heat and Massage Wearables. Move better in 2024 with up to 15% off the entire Hyperize product suite designed to help you hit your goals. 
You can use code HURDLE15 at hyperice.com to redeem your exclusive discount good for 15% off. Now note, it is only 5% off if an item is on sale. Again, head on over to hyperice.com and use the code HURDLE15 at checkout for a discount. Also, got to give some love to my dear, dear friends at ASICS. Again, turn of the new year, 2024. It is all about living your life with a sound mind, sound body, which is why ASICS is providing Hurdle listeners with an exclusive deal to encourage you to move your mind with them in the new year. Now through January 14th, use the code HURDLE10 at checkout on ASICS.com to get $10 off orders of 100 or more. Again, head on over to ASICS.com. That's A-S-I-C-S.com and use the code HURDLE10 at checkout to get $10 off orders of $100 or more. If you want to know what my go-tos are right now, we're talking sneakers. I am lacing up the new Nova Blast 4 and the Gel Nimbus 25. Again, my go-tos, the Nova Blast 4, the Gel Nimbus 25, regulars in my training rotation. I promise I would never steer you wrong. Was there a certain point in your life where you realized the true power of self-talk? Um, for sure, I concretely started to understand it after I tried my first 100-mile race and I dropped out at mile 60. This was back in 2012. I thought of running as a physical thing, solely physical. We're moving our bodies and you either can do it or you can't. And so when it got hard during that 100 mile attempt, um, I thought, well, I'm just not a person who can do this. And I spiraled into this whole uh, negative self-talk whirlpool of convincing myself to just throw in the towel. So I did. But then I um, sat there at that aid station that I quit at for hours because I didn't have a ride out. And I watched all of these people come through and they were clearly hurting, but somehow they were finding a way forward. And it uh, really illustrated for me that um, it was possible and that it was more than a physical act. Like you need to stay, stay strong in your head if you want to do something difficult like this. It also solidified my um, path forward that I wanted to be a person who could do this. So I'm going to figure it out. And then the next time it gets really hard, I'm going to play a different record in my head than the negative one that played this last time, because clearly that didn't work. And let's try, you know, the positivity one instead. Yeah. So firstly, that idea or that decision, I'm going to be the person that can do things like this. Okay. That's like a large goal, right? So in that moment, you said, I'm going to be the kind of person that can run this type of a distance, do this type of a race. Do you then work back from that decision? Because in practice, saying something out loud like that, that's a really big undertaking. So I would imagine that you got to a point where you said, okay, now I'm going to have to break this up into smaller doables. Absolutely. I um, fully like backpedaled, you know, what, where, 
where am I in this whole journey of trying to get to this thing that I'm aiming for? Let's backpedal and let's relook at the whole on-ramp towards it because we don't have to stick with what we did before. We can try something totally new. We can change the path a little bit to arrive at the destination in a better way. So I did that. I um, definitely backpedaled it and then took a wide view of like, what are the things I could try? And then I did start to make some intermediate uh, goals along the way to get me towards a hundred mile finish. Um, so for me, it was like figuring out all of the pieces of ultra running and signing up for some shorter races to practice those pieces and like put it um, into action and learn from all the steps along the way because it was so evident that it wasn't just a you can do it or not thing. It was a if if you work for it, you can be that person, but it's going to take some input from you. Besides the evolution of your self-talk and shifting that more toward the positive side, what are some of those other pieces that you're getting at that you felt as though really needed exercise and practice? Just running trails more consistently, being more consistent in training, getting out the door, um, building up in mileage, like all of those basic pieces. But then Ultra running is a ton of puzzle pieces that all are included in this running race. You know, it's like your nutrition is huge and figuring out that puzzle piece, your gear or like being comfortable or, you know, trying to avoid blisters or chafing, like all of that can change a day, you know? So it was like breaking it all into smaller buckets and then trying to figure out each bucket on its own. Yeah. And then going back again, I know I keep hammering in on the self-talk thing, but I do believe that it is an area that so many individuals really struggle with adapting and making work for them. What was your journey like to figuring out the right way to talk to yourself? In my second hundred mile attempt, then I decided at that start line, there's no quit in this race. You're figuring it out along the way, no matter how long it takes. Um, and so during that race, the self-talk became just this very like uh, general mantra of like, you're fine. This is fine. So that one went over and over and over in my head. Anytime I started to doubt myself or worry about what was happening or not happening, it was like, no, you're fine this is fine. It's everything's going fine. And um, I think having in my mind before that race that there was no quit made it so I developed this mantra and like positive self-talk just to like battle that negativity that I knew would seep in. I had just experienced it, you know, in the race that I quit. So I knew it was there lurking and so I had to have like a defense ready for it. So anytime it started to get negative, it was just like throwing in the this is fine and repeating it over and over again. And what I found was that it really helped. Like it was fine. Everything was okay. I was going to problem solve whatever was going on. And I was going to find a way to keep putting one foot in front of the other. 
And that negative thinking wasn't helping me do that. So like, why give it a seat at the table? You don't, you don't get to be here. You're not helping me. Everything is fine. See you later. I appreciate this approach because it's very realistic, right? It's not saying something like, I am the best person on this course, or I mean, insert other over-exaggeration, maybe hard to believe positive self-talk. Saying something like, I am fine. This is fine. I can is so simple, but such a big, impactful way to move forward and proceed. Yeah, I've, I found that it not only helped my head, but it helped all of my systems just calm down. Like when it felt not fine and I was saying, this is fine, it's okay. It was like everything could be calm and then I could actually think more clearly about what are the problems I'm having right now? What are the solutions I could try? Like if I'm not in this frenzy of panic, my brain actually can function as a problem solver and we can, you know, figure out how to make it even more than fine and keep moving forward better. Yeah. I think I need a recording of you saying it's fine for me to play when I run (laughs) Tokyo in March. (laughs) Just you, every like 18th song that comes on, if I choose to use music, it'll be a six second recording of you saying everything's going to be fine, Emily. Yeah, I would love to love to do that for you. I'm going to put it up for sale in the hurdle store. Just you all wait. I will. (laughs) Okay. So we've talked about proudest moment of the year. We've talked about most difficult moment of the year. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun and I'm going to ask you, I know that time named Taylor Swift as their person of the year. If you had to choose a person of the year, Courtney, who are you going to give your flowers to? Oh, geez. I have (laughs) absolutely no authority to name anybody, anything. Um, And I'm a big T-Swift fan. I've got her on my playlist. In my tiny little world that I exist in, my person of the year is my husband. It's got to be. And why is that? Tell me why he (laughs) wins your your award. He's the best. I mean, there are, are crazy together. You know, like this is a team sport. So those finish lines are for sure a shared thing that we both get to. But he is just such a amazing behind the scenes guy who like he doesn't need to, anyone to know, you know, how much he helps in me getting to those finish lines. And he just like does it because he loves it. And um, we love doing this together. And uh, for sure, like creating those memories together is that's like life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a special thing to be able, like I said earlier, to combine your passions and your purpose, and then to be able to bring your people along for the ride. There's truly absolutely nothing better. When you look at the year that you've had, so many people have referred to you over and over as the goat. How does that reference make you feel? (laughs) I don't need any titles or awards. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I mean, I appreciate it. And I I just love that the sport is growing more and more people are finding out about it. And, um, if it doesn't make them want to do the sport themselves, maybe it helps them see that they could try something a little bit crazier and chase after that, you know, like 
you don't have to run ultras to push yourself and try hard things. You can do that in any area of your life. Speaking of growth of the sport, you were one, I think the demo, the last time I checked of UTMB, which we've talked about today is like something like 12% women and 88% men. How does it feel for you to be a woman at the front of this sport? And what are your hopes for women as the sport continues to grow? It's an exciting time to be in this sport as a woman. The the ratio is still off on start lines. Like it's not 50-50 at most races. There's a few, but it is growing. And so um, if we just keep on uh, spreading that web of joy and doing hard things and, you know, finding, pushing your limits, we're going to absolutely see way more women uh, jump into these things. And um, I think that's really exciting for a lot of reasons, but mostly just because trail running is awesome and I want more people to experience it. For sure. What are you uh, looking to do more of in 2024? Always uh, hang out with people I love more, more time with the people that are important to me. Do you foresee yourself taking on a similar year this year, like last year, or do you have a different type of big goal on the horizon? I'm not positive yet. I've definitely (laughs) had the time lately to brainstorm more, but I'm still kind of like, yeah, throwing everything on the paper right now of like everything I want to do or any race I can think of. And then I'll start to hopefully hone in on a better schedule because currently it's just not feasible. (laughs) (laughs) How does Courtney goal set? Uh, I'm not a huge like concrete goal setter. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I'm just constantly wanting to keep learning from what's happened before to take into the future version of myself. I love that. We're going to give you an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice in just a moment. But before you do, I want to ask you if there has been anyone that said something over the last 365 that really stuck with you, maybe advice you've offered, a sentiment after you finished a big goal of yours. What advice have you received over the last 365 that you're bringing with you into 2024? I feel like that's such a great question that I would love to take out on a run with me right now and like really mull over, you know? I mean, that's totally fair. That's kind of where I remember some of the best things that have happened to me or just completely reevaluate all of my life choices. So I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And I'm going to hit you later on after this episode to make sure we get that. With that said, Court, right now you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice back on January 1, 2023, knowing what you know now here in 2024. What do you tell yourself? Oh, keep having fun. Kevin and I both, like the way we live our lives is trying to have fun and joy be in that front seat and, you know, driving the vehicle. Um, So we uh, usually will try to keep that lens on it and just remember like life is short. So we've got to just enjoy the moments along the way. I appreciate that because what you're saying here is that it's a choice. And 
oftentimes because of circumstance or past situations or trauma, individuals feel as though they're incapable of letting fun ride first. So maybe for that person, for the person who's struggling with this mindset, do you have any tips on how to approach it in that way? Fun doesn't have to be laughing and smiling and doing silly things all the time. Like obviously we still have to, you know, pay bills and do uh, the dishes and the not fun things about life. But if the lens on everything is like, all of these are the moments of my day, of my week, of my month, of my year, like the general trend of that life should be like joy. It should be um, finding those pieces in in the mundane that make us smile and uh, keeping that in perspective, I think, which is, it's not like, easy all of the time but i think you know we get to write our stories and so what's what's that story look like yeah i'm so glad that we were able to catch up a little bit i love your lens i love your positivity and i for one i know i'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people i can't wait to see what happens for you in the next 365 for those that don't follow along with you just yet give us your details how do they keep up with you on social uh, best place to find me is Instagram at Courtney Dualter. Amazing. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 